Hi everyone, Dave here. And before we get to our episode this week, I'd like to tell you about our sponsor, Studio. Studio headphones, they're from Sweden. They make these nice, sleekly designed Ranger headphones. Uh, they sent me a pair uh, called the Trey headphones and they're designed for uh, for like at running or for gym use. Uh, I tried them in the gym uh, on the treadmill. They were brilliant. They're sweat proof. They never once fell out, which is really annoying when that happens. And you keep having to put your, your earphones back in. Uh, when you're listening to a podcast or whatever, like this one. Um, they fit perfectly. Uh, there's sound transparency, so if you're out uh, for a run, you're still going to hear the traffic and everything. Uh, and we've got a discount for you. If you head to studio.com and apply the code CINEMILE at checkout, you'll get 15%. And they already include free worldwide shipping. Uh, highly recommend. On with the episode. Hello and welcome to the cinema, the podcast where me, Kathy, and my husband Dave walk to and from the cinema. But today I'm not with Dave, I'm with returning guest star Tessa. Hi! So Tessa has been on lots of reviews, she's been on Lion. Yep. She's been on both Fifty Shades movies Correct. we've been to see. And anything else? No. No. I mean so. that's just enough. <laughs> that's enough. So this is your fourth appearance on the cinema. And we're so excited because it's a really nice evening, so we're going to go for a drink now, get some tapas. It's the start of a long weekend. Yeah, sunny, and we are going to see I Feel Pretty, which is the new Amy Schumer starring movie. Um, Tessa, what do you know about this movie? Basically nothing except that Amy Schumer's in it. Okay, that's the position I was in <laughs> before I got on the train to meet you. Um, and I mean, I'm a really big Amy Schumer fan. I'm a big fan of her comedy. I think her show is fantastic, really properly funny. Um, and so this is her third like starring movie so the first one was um, Trainwreck Trainwreck which I thought was a really surprisingly good movie so, and it's actually grown on me so oh, yeah? I've watched it a handful of times since seeing it at the cinema and I think the first time I was a bit taken back by like the crassness of it and mm-hmm. it's not necessarily my style of humour yeah, she's very crass once I kind of got over that, I've watched it a few more times and it gets funnier each time. Oh, okay, I need to rewatch. Yeah. And then Dave and I actually saw a Snatch last year um, and did a review on this podcast and where we ended up arguing, albeit both kind of agreed it was a middle-of-the-road movie. Snatch but, was like the kidnapped one with Goldie Hawn, yeah. right? Yeah. And um, so it was good, but, you know, there was issues with it. And so Trainwork made a lot more money than Snatch. And now this is her third m- movie that she's starring in, I Feel Pretty. And this movie hasn't done very well either... Um, in my head, this is going to be more like Trainwreck than Snatch was, though, right? Well, I think Snatch I, like falls into that like spoofy kind of yeah, Snatch territory almost, in yeah. my head anyway. Um, and I think one of the reasons I was so favourable about Snatch in retrospect was because I'm a big Goldie Hawn fan, yeah. isn't it? And I love Amy Schumer, so I was um, forgiving them a lot. But this one, um, so comes from the... Um, the minds of two people who've actually written a lot of rom-coms so Abby Cohn and Mark Silverstein so they've written a lot of rom-coms but this is their first like their directorial debut so you'll know them from movies like He's Just Not That Into You which isn't a movie I think is very good (laughs) Never Been Kissed movie I really enjoy Great. Um, How To Be Single a movie was better than I expected it to be oh yeah I liked that movie actually The Vow have you seen that I haven't no Um, that's a Nicholas Sparks novel isn't it and Valentine's Day which is universally yeah shit so I don't know bright high hopes for them and um, so far this movie I know is not getting good reception however I haven't seen a trailer um, and we know just the basic premise is it's a bit like that terrible movie Shallow Hal 
but hopefully they do it better in this which is that a woman say your average I use that in quotation marks looking woman Amy Schumer because she's still a very attractive looking woman um, thinks she's hideous and then through something happening her gains self-confidence Freaky Friday moment she yeah. wakes up with with newfound confidence yeah. and then what I guess the message of the movie will hopefully explore how you can change your life based just on your confidence not on the outside it's the largest bee I've ever seen yeah, wow, that is spectacular. We see a lot of wildlife in Saint, you know. We saw a fox here last time we came to see um, Avengers. Oh, and on a side note, at the end of this podcast, we're going to do a brief Infinity War review by Tessa because she's got some interesting thoughts on yes. that movie. Okay, bye. Bye. Are you okay? okay. You hit your head pretty hard. Wait, that's me. That's me. Oh, my God, do you see this? Yes. I'm Beautiful! Ow! Who's that sexy thing I see over there? I know you don't recognize me. That's me. You guys, it's me. Renee. What's happening? Oh, full spin. What can I get you? Yeah, to you. Right, we are just out of the cinema and. We haven't spoken because we actually weren't sitting with each other. I mean, uh, we've spoken, but not about, <laughs> not the, about movie. the movie. Not about the movie. And what's interesting is this cinema was completely sold out for the screening, um, which proves the point that we say again and again and again, which is that there's no movies for women. So when they release a movie that's like, you know, aimed at women and starring women, it sells out. Um, aside from the 100 screenings of Infinity War that were on there tonight. <laughs> So we didn't get to sit next to each other, which is kind of weird in a comedy, because, well, yeah. it's so called comedy. The thing that when you're with a friend, it's nice to sit next to somebody and have a bit of a yeah. laugh. Um, the people I was next to definitely did not laugh at the same things that I laughed oh, at, really? interestingly, yeah. <laughs> the people next to me did not laugh at all. So Tessa, what were your thoughts? I feel like I didn't dislike it. But equally, I wouldn't say I liked it. Yeah, I have it pretty much like feel like that. It wasn't like an unenjoyable couple of hours. But I just feel like there were parts where I actually did laugh out loud. But cohesively, it was a bit of a letdown. Yeah, I feel like... So over- parts of it felt a bit like an SNL skit. Yeah, parts, I kept thinking this would make a really good skit in Amy Schumer's um, yeah, show, which, which yeah. is skits. Like, yeah. I, this would be amazing. But like... It's over two hours long, was it? Yeah. Or, yeah. It so started at eight. So yeah. Started at eight, and it's now ten to ten. So it was, it was quite Close long, um, and like it felt long. It felt really long. And I thought, like briefly, I mean, we should go to spoiler street a little bit on this, but I mean, we don't have much. I don't think much to say. I mean, I think what this movie was trying to do was to say something about how society puts pressure on women to look a certain way, and you know women feel objectified and their confidence is knocked and they feel pressure to be beautiful but then this movie was fat shaming and body shaming women and holding women who looked better than so called looked better than other women up to a higher esteem so I thought well actually this movie is doing everything that it's trying to be against and like repeatedly objectifying and I know she's a willing participant the star of the movie and you know it was her movie but like so Amy Schumer is like a as what I would consider a quite a good looking woman who's in very good physical shape now for this movie to be positing that she's grossly overweight yeah. so much so that she sits on things and breaks them yeah. when she's like 
No, she's just not. So there's Which no was way. an issue. I remember like fundamentally having that issue when I went to see Shallow Hell all those years ago. Like that movie must be 15 years old now. Yeah, at least. And like, I, I didn't like it then, but equally would have hoped that you know, 15 years later, we would have definitely moved on from that. So yeah. I feel like it's a weird. Also, the other thing is that every other character, and even the main character to some extent was a complete stereotype. Yeah. So, like, that's not actually saying what you think it's saying or, like, what they're trying to do. They just didn't really achieve. Yeah, I just feel like... I think they got that all so wrong and and it isn't at all what they were trying to go for. But then they also didn't do the stereotype version of that story well either, you know what I mean? It's like, if you're going to do the stereotype do it really well and make me feel warm and fuzzy at the end because it's essentially a romantic comedy. Yeah. Which is my favourite genre. So, like, I just, yeah, I'm underwhelmed on both sides of that. Yeah, and I would say, like, you know, we're pretty much rom-com experts. This, this duo, <laughs> we know what's what. We've been to a lot of rom-coms together. And I, I guess... Fifty Shades of Grey yeah, being speaking, one of them. <laughs> speaking, yeah, even though they're the com was not in the rom. Um, but in this movie, actually, the, the kind of... The bigger goal, actually, is her career um, more than getting the man, which I quite liked, albeit getting the man as a side plot. I did like what it had to say. I mean, as someone who, like, really actually enjoys... um, This might sound silly, but it's true. I, like, really like makeup and I really like the cosmetics industry um, to an extent of, like, I like trying products. Like, I find that fun. And I enjoy that side of, of, of the discussions around cosmetics. I thought that was... I mean, that sounds like a weird fact, but I just thought... I, I enjoyed what they were saying about cosmetics. Um, other than that, right, it, it leans on so many other movies. Like, this movie is completely derivative. So not only does it um, mirror, to an extent, the plot of Big, they even have the character watching <laughs> Big. Like, come on, right? So she's watching Big. Um, very much like What Women Want, the Mel Gibson movie. Yeah, very much like that. Okay, Shades of uh, Devil Wears Prada. Obviously, you know, that's kind of referenced of in the whole industry thing. Albeit... Um, Michelle Williams is kind of the I guess Michelle Williams is kind of the Meryl Streep character but Michelle Williams is actually quite nice in this and I enjoyed her performance yeah. um, and then what it really then, is like then in that to that they don't really need the character of the grandma as well like I just felt like that was a bit of a double up yeah, there was of that an, character and then oh the good looking so they're basically it's a, it's, a, it's a beauty line that's owned by a grandmother and her fabulously beautiful grandkids Michelle Williams and then a guy who's like quite cute and then also right <laughs> spoilers for 13 going on 30 but the last 20 minutes of this is literally the last like <laughs> scene by scene 20 minutes of 13 going on 30 which we'll get into in a minute um, and there's very briefly grey cast Busy Phillips did you know I found out in my random trivia is married to one of the, to the male scriptwriter, oh, which explains okay. her presence also she's best friends with Michelle Williams so that was fun I think that probably explains why Michelle Williams is in it yeah because I think that's a really strange thing for her to have that's done that's what I thought because she does very intense movies yeah and it is a caricature yeah like, it was weird I mean I enjoyed her voice and then um, just mainly not enough laughs for me in, in what in what it should have been a really funny movie it wasn't really yeah and the 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 laughs that I had were definitely like quite incidental you know they weren't they weren't the things that I don't that I think you were meant to be laughing at yeah the bits <laughs> were. I laughed were the bits of Amy Schumer doing her fu- like she's funny and when she was doing her funny bits I laughed at them yeah like but but that's nothing to do with I the still, movie yeah I still feel like 
she was definitely that yeah skitty kind of I don't I don't think that movie does her any favors put it that way no I think at this point her career may be heading into a bit of a train wreck <laughs> it's been snatched away from her yeah whereas uh, I feel like I guess train wreck obviously she wrote and is semi-autobiographical yeah so she was probably just being herself I think she's a stronger writer like she I think she's made the mistake of being in these movies that are written by people who actually aren't as good a writer as she is yeah um, yeah. which is a big mistake and then apparently she's writing a movie with Jennifer Lawrence yeah. have you heard that? yeah um, so I'll be and interested to see that stuff. and like in terms of this movie I I mean I would still recommend it in the sense that like as I said you know there's never any movies for women really and like it was packed full of women the yeah, cinema yeah. which I always enjoy and like I, I do remember our saying this about Fifty Shades as well like it's nice to be in a cinema that has that kind of energy about it yeah. makes you realise actually how rare that is I know and I was so disappointed and like not only did we not get to sing next to each other but we really <laughs> stupidly bought shared snacks in advance in like Poundland and we got to the cinema and at the same moment we turned to each other and gasped and went oh my god we're not sitting next to each other um, so we had to divvy what up the snacks in do? advance yeah it was pretty hardcore I don't think I got the separation quite right no either. I ended up with way more Skittles than I wanted mm. does that mean you ended up with more chocolate than you wanted yeah yeah um, okay, so I think we can safely go to Spoiler Street whilst half-heartedly rejecting or recommending the movie. Yeah. Ha- yeah. Yeah. Not anything. I think, yeah, it's fine. Probably watch it on DVD. Yeah, I definitely wouldn't rush out to see yeah. it. Um, and Amy, get back on it and write your own movies. Yeah. Um, I right. think it's, yeah, it's got nothing. Yeah, it's, like, it's got nothing. Um, okay, we are now in Spoiler Street on the way to Sane's train station. <laughs> And literally, I swear before the end happened, I, if you'd been next to me, you would have turned and said this to you. Oh, the end's just going to be 13 on 30 then. 13 going on 30. I don't really remember the um, ending of okay, that movie. Okay, so spoilers for 13 going on 30 if you care, which actually is a much better know, movie than this. I know you really like that movie. It's definitely not one of my favourites. Oh, really? I love it. Yeah. Starts Mark Ruffalo, love him. Jennifer Garner, love her. And it's amazing. Anyway, the end of 13 going on 30, which may be called something like Almost 30 in the yeah, States. yeah. It's called um, Study in Australia. Oh, right, okay. Um, the end of that, right, is like Jennifer Carton is like this high-flying um, magazine executive. And then she realises what really matters is friends. And she, like, pitches the worst magazine pitch you've ever seen, which is, like, just loads and loads of photographs of different friends all laughing and having fun together. <laughs> and as, as the end of this movie rolled on and they're trying to cast the perfect model for this cosmetics line, I went, oh, dear God, it's going to be Amy Schumer and her friends. And then she just goes in storms a presentation that she's not invited to and like shows pictures of her mates and then she gets a standing ovation like that would never it's like a proper media <laughs> event like yeah. that wouldn't happen like, on fifth avenue yeah like um, everyone would be like but wait what's the product yeah what are you, what are you doing <laughs> i don't understand also so she works on fifth avenue and we're led to believe like lives in new york and then for somehow is on like a receptionist salary which she says is a pay cut and yet lives in this fabulous yeah. big apartment, which always pisses me off. I mean, off. it's the friend situation yeah. all over again, isn't it? Um, and what did you think about, like, in terms of kind of just getting nitpicky on plots, like, bits bits of it, I kind Uh-oh. of thought were taking the piece Sorry. out of people who wanted to be receptionists as well, like a yes. bit dismissive of that yes. profession. which I think, yeah, definitely very dismissive of that. But I think it loses credibility straight away when she works for, like, a very significant company, it seems, in their kind of the equivalent of web um, department YSL or something yeah yeah but then works in like not not in their head, headquarter office oh yeah with like a just sellotaped <laughs> handwritten sign yeah, on the door yeah like it just that doesn't make any sense 
and yeah. from that point on I think it loses its credibility yeah like it ain't no devil wears Prada either yeah. in terms of you know realism of that movie no um, yeah I don't know I was kind of confused about lots of different things I was confused too and I just the whole time I was watching it I was thinking but this should be better like yeah. this because yeah. I had read on the way out here on the train that it has something like a 30 million dollar budget you know that's a yeah, lot of money like you can get your props I mean they right. clearly spent a lot of that money doing sweeping shots of New York <laughs> I know just because we've obviously never seen New York in movies before but yeah just buy some stock shots of that it was weird there are a couple of times where it cut from shots I wanted to see to like a landscape shot of New York yeah it was weird so when they, there was the whole setup of going into that speakeasy club yeah and then when she got in you didn't even see you it you never saw it <laughs> I was and like what? I want to see it what did you think about the boyfriend character I enjoyed him yeah I liked him yeah, he I was probably the he was the standout the most like, genuine I think he was the standout in a movie where Amy Schumer should have been the standout yeah. because it's her bloody movie I and feel I- like they really underutilised Emily Ratatowski or however you say her name as well I thought, felt like that character was going to be much more significant than it was which one is like she? the hot girl at Soul Cycle. oh worries I didn't recognise her I felt like that was going to go somewhere and it just didn't and, and I don't I, know if that's because she's a model and maybe doesn't have the acting job she needed for that oh so she's a model in real life yeah yeah because so her character Amy Schumer I find really dismissive of her because she was good looking yeah so Amy Schumer's going oh you were dumped now I feel better yeah. about myself which yeah. is like the most selfish reaction you can have to that scenario yeah. she was a really deeply unlikable character Amy Schumer in terms of how she treated her friends how she treated her boyfriend when she you know when she thought she looked a certain way yeah I didn't get it and like they didn't even make the parallels quite right because okay she gains all this confidence and thinks she's really hot and then she starts being mean to her friends but then she's still really nice to her boyfriend but then she starts like putting her friends down but then when she's in the room with the hot guy she's back to being re- really unconfident again yeah. so they didn't follow any of it through actually no I just thought like it was really inconsistent and I'm just I'm so annoyed the more we talk about it actually the more annoyed with the movie and I am I mean that character wasn't likeable at all the only thing I liked is that it was Amy Schumer you yeah. know what I mean if it wasn't her I think we'd have a completely different review do you think it was written for her? Probably. I think so too, because I can't picture anyone else doing it. Now, no. to be fair, I think Amy Schumer is still too good looking and has too good a body for to make for the part to make any sense for her. Yeah. Um, but yeah. But I mean, people would have said that also about Gwyneth Paltrow. And yeah. Shia, I guess. But I think just ultimately, I think it's a shame because to have like, you know, a relatively big budget, big, big release movie, to be genuinely discussing things like, you know, the societal pressure on women to look a certain way and to weigh a certain way, and then to just blow it yeah. and in the end be like, oh you know it's fine and we're all happy and we're all beautiful it's yeah. like but, but actually you haven't addressed any of the issues which is there is a genuine privilege for women who look a certain way yeah. and this movie at the end of the day is just kind of like backing that privilege up like at the end of the day yeah. Amy Schumer you know gets what she or wants and she's a good looking satis- blonde woman they don't particularly satisfy the entertainment part of that either you know yeah like and I, if you're going to do it like ideally, just go all out and both. be fun like, yeah ideally do both but at least do one or the other yeah. and I don't feel like they did either yes when you, when, now that I, when you compare it to those any of those other movies we reference including what women want with Mel Gibson as much as he's disgusting they're all better than it yeah, yeah. 100% um, shame they were yeah. kind of playing in a field that should work, kind of body swap, Freaky Friday. There's yeah. a lot of stuff oh, going on and none of it worked. Love Freaky Friday. Yeah, even the Jamie Lee Curtis and, yeah. <laughs> and Lindsay Lohan. <laughs> um, well, Tessa, thank you for coming on Thanks again. Thanks for having it was me. awesome. Um, next time, hopefully, we can sit together. Yeah. Yeah. And since you were on last, have you followed us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram? Because I remember you saying Instagram, you hadn't. I don't have Twitter. You haven't got Twitter. Have no. you subscribed to us on iTunes? 
No. No. Okay. I never you, can on subscribe. My you can subscribe on iTunes right now, I honestly now, can't Tessa. tell you the last time I went onto iTunes on my computer. You can do it on your phone. Oh, I yeah. thought you couldn't. No, so you search for the cinema. We didn't plan this. You oh. search for the cinema. You don't go into your list of things you've subscribed to. You search for it and then you hit five stars. Oh. And then you write a review. You definitely told me explicitly once I had to do it on my computer. Okay, I lied. I was wrong. <laughs> um, that was probably about two years ago. <laughs> thank you for coming and hopefully next time we can see a good movie together. Yeah. Lion was good. That was a long yeah. time ago. I mean, that was now 18 months ago. <laughs> <laughs> All right, okay, bye. Bye. Are you shopping for a gift? Kind of browsing for me. So sizing is a little limited here in the store, but you could probably find your size online. Hi, Tessa again without Kathy. Um, we realized that I didn't, I didn't get to propose my theory of similarities between the Avengers Infinity War and the seventh and eighth Harry Potter movies. Um, so I thought I'd drop back in and give you my thoughts on that. Um, so I think Kathy's already spoken about one in particular, which is obviously the storyline that Thanos is collecting these six infinity stones and the sixth one is in Vision's head. That's exactly the storyline of the seventh Harry Potter book or the seventh and eighth movie. Um, so I won't go into that in too much detail, but obviously, yeah, Voldemort's collecting the Horcruxes to get all the bits of his soul back together. The thing that... It, I found really interesting is both Harry Potter and Vision have that moment where they realise that actually they're going to have to die to service the greater good. Um, So yeah, that was really interesting. But then secondarily to that, so that's obviously the overarching story, but I thought there were so many visual similarities between Harry Potter and and I went to say Captain America then um, and Avengers. So particularly when I was in the cinema, I was like, I have 100% seen this scene before when the shield is broken in Wakanda, so the like protective shield that Black Panther decides to break, that completely exists over the top of Hogwarts in Harry Potter. Um, and in the great battle scene in the last Harry Potter movie, the Death Eaters are all on the outside of that barrier and like shooting spells at it to break it. So they break it and push through. Obviously in Wakanda, it is purposely broken by Black Panther so that they can control the monsters coming in. Um, But just like visually, that was a very, very similar scene, which considering that one was like in the dark of night and one was in this like glorious desert plain setting. But yeah, the overarching, excuse the pun, the overarching visual was very, very similar. Um, and then there were also quite a few characters that I was like, I this character exists in the same kind of context in Harry Potter. Um, so one other thing I noticed was, is it Nebula, who is Zoe Saldana's character's sister in Avengers? The way she's like suspended and being tortured, that kind of exists in Harry Potter as well, where there's a character who's a teacher at Hogwarts who is... I think she teaches muggle studies and for that reason the Death Eaters take a disliking to her and she's like suspended above this big like banquet table that they're all sat around and they're like torturing her in that process. So that was visually really, really similar. Um, And then I also thought the character, and I don't know her name, but the character who was like Thanos's female offsider. She really reminded me of the character in Harry Potter. This might be getting a bit technical, but there's a character in Harry Potter whose name I don't know, but is referred to as a snatcher who like goes around finding half-blood wizards and witches. 
um, and he's sort of the first person to like break through the barrier in that going back to that great battle scene. And I just thought that was really in parallel with the way that that, that female character kind of busts through the barrier in Avengers. Um, I also thought the other scene, which I was like, I've seen this scene before was when in Avengers, Elizabeth Olsen's character, um, Scarlet Witch is confronted and Scarlett Johansson and the female warrior from Black Panther kind of come to her defense. That really reminded me of Molly Weasley when she then kills Bellatrix Lestrange. Um, I thought that was really, really similar. Um, I kind of thought to some extent that the Guardians reminded me a little bit of like the way the Order of the Phoenix come into Hogwarts for that final battle. Um, so yeah, I think that's it in a nutshell. Um, and then obviously that overarching theme. But I think the most important thing to say is I still really enjoyed Inf Avengers. It was much better than I thought it was going to be. Um, I think they did a really, really good job of a big ensemble movie. Um, so yeah, I really liked it. It's definitely worth seeing, but I definitely think it's very, very similar to the overarching story in Harry Potter. I think it bodes well for Harry Potter that that movie is now like quite a few years old and is still, you know, definitely stands up. On, in a visual sense to you know one of the most successful movies ever made so yeah thanks for having me again bye